today on FCC. The crew recap their trip to the East Coast and talk about some scary big sales at auction. Then tell ghost stories about hobby misadventures. Coming up now on FCC. Welcome to episode 36 of Sports Cards Culture. I'm Chris. Chris underscore HOJ on Instagram here with Josh, Cardboard underscore Chronicles, Nick at Stiff Arm Wax, Christina at Christina's PC. Bleaker Trading is a collectible store located in Lower Manhattan, and last Thursday, on behalf of Card Ladder, Christina and I hosted a trade night at the shop, and earlier in the day, we also had a chance to visit Starstock's offices. Now, Josh, unfortunately, you were unable to make the trip to New York this time around. Did you experience any FOMO? And do you have plans to make it out to New York anytime soon? Uh, would you consider it to be FOMO if I was uh, to if I were to book a trip out to there myself, like immediately when you got home? <laughs> I don't even think he waited for us to get home. I think it was like no, during you were still the trade home. night. <laughs> yeah, you guys were like still there. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going now. Okay, so Josh has booked a trip to New York, and we're gonna meet him out there as well. Yes. That's coming up in about a month. We'll we'll talk more about that as the date nears. For um, sure. Okay, now Christina, then. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about visiting Starstock. For those who might be unfamiliar with Starstock, it's a marketplace and a vault for your collection, and they do quite a bit of breaking as well. According to Crunchbase, Starstock has raised $9.3 million in funding to date and boasts investors including Trey Young and Kevin Durant. Okay, Christina, I've got a few questions for you about our visit to Starstock. First, what were your impressions of Starstock's office? Look, I'm not going to hold Trey Young as an investor against them. Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, Starstock was awesome. Uh, Anthony reached out and asked if if we were uh, interested in coming to visit since they found out we were going to be on the East Coast. Uh, visiting family and going to Bleecker and of course we jumped at the chance um, and we got an awesome tour everyone was super nice um, don't go too far off the question okay, I won't. what was the question what were your impression of their offices oh it's a it's it was really cool they uh, took over a New York uh, sports club and <laughs> so it's like total gym like uh, feeling when you walk in and their headquarters are there, and it's really cool. They even said uh, that sometimes people walk, try to walk in with their gym bag because, uh, they like because of the pandemic, like people don't realize it's not a gym anymore. Right, lots of employees there. Yes, very impressive operation. For Some sure. cool tech that they employ. Yeah, that's uh, private, yes. but was neat to see that at work. And and. They have an amazing sealed wax room. They do? Okay, well, speak, really cool. speaking of which, they had something fun planned for us when we arrived. They what was did. it? They um, They had a box for us to rip, and uh, we recorded an, uh, an inaugural episode for them with Kev and Jess from Bleecker. And, um, what, what big thing happened that was crazy? Should we reveal it or I don't I don't think Jess has revealed it. Okay, well then watch the Starstock episode on Jess their YouTube is, when yeah, it comes Jess out. Yeah, Jess has hit, hit like Jess hit an amazing card. She did. And I was only a little bit bitter and jealous, <laughs> a lot happy for her. All right. And I mean, Good. you could take it from there. Now, Josh, <laughs> uh, Josh, at Card Ladder, we've collaborated with a lot of different businesses in the hobby. And the community seems to enjoy seeing hobby businesses. Uh, what am I? I need gesture room here. Hobby businesses team <laughs> up. Tell me about some of Card Ladder's partnerships 
and why you think the hobby rallies around its businesses collaborating. Well, let's see. Um, uh, let's see. We are partnered with MySlabs, Collectible, Dibs. I'm going to forget some, so please jump in. SGC, um, PSA. Yeah, absolutely. SGC. Uh, I, th- I can't think of... It's mostly like around data. Like We have partnerships with these companies to help us provide data, and then we you know, give them links over to their site from our site and things like that. Um, I think people in the hobby like it because the, you know, the, the first and foremost thing that I think of in the sports card world is that it's a community. And I think everyone in the community really likes to see, you know, people within the community, especially participants and companies that these people trust to be working together. You know, this isn't something that we're really open to, you know, having like a Walmart takeover necessarily. I know that that potentially is coming down the pipe, but there's still a lot of affinity in, in the hobby towards small businesses and, you know, especially these companies that have faces to these companies, people that have been in the hobby for a long time and, you know, people that are trustworthy within the community. So I think that's probably why and having them team up is just, it's kind of like, you know, your, your friends getting together and working on something and, you know, that always gets people excited. No doubt. And at Card Ladder, we're constantly looking to find ways to collaborate with other businesses that make sense. We're not going to force it, but content creators, businesses, uh, marketplaces, and so on and so forth, always happy to collaborate if, if it can be mutually beneficial and makes sense and it's not forced, right? I think that's fair. Okay, so Christina. Yes. After Starstock, we drove down to Manhattan, which yes, was did. a beautiful drive along the ocean, and then we got to Bleaker for trading. Now, Describe Bleaker's location and store. How accessible is it? How did you enjoy the hobby experience of the store? Well, I mean, even punching in the address into our phone, uh, we knew it was a good omen because they're on Christopher Street in the lower, uh, the West Village. Good street. So, um, <laughs> so we drove from uh, Starsock to Bleaker. And like Chris said, it was a very pretty drive um, along one of the rivers. I just said it was along the ocean. Yeah, but it wasn't the ocean. That's why I'm trying to clarify. <laughs> it was, actually. I looked at a map before I did this. I saw the 95 runs right down the ocean. Yeah, 95, but we, like, where we were to New York oh. was not the ocean. <laughs> then we, took, we took the ocean to get to Starstock. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, go anyway. On. <laughs> you could have just let it ride, too. Anyway, I could have, but, on. you know, it's me, so I couldn't. So the store is two storefronts and this like club feel, like lounge feel of like behind the two storefronts is this huge, gorgeous patio in Manhattan. So like, oh my God. But it's like beautiful. Like Now, once we were there, trade night was a blast. We saw lots of old hobby friends, made new yes. ones. Yes. Mark, Jacob, Jess, and the Bleaker team were gracious and hospitable hosts. Amazing. For me, the highlight of the night, what do you think it was? Watching Luca play in the back. No, yard? because he lost oh. by a lot. Instead, okay. to Trey Young, <laughs> star stock investor. Uh, uh, the highlight, <laughs> the highlight of the night was when everyone gathered around the projector to watch oh, the yes. TBS the TBS special about sports cards that was hosted by Adam Lefko. It mm-hmm. featured Lefko interviewing Golden, and it was filmed at Bleaker. It was so yeah. it was very celebratory. It was. And it was awesome. Card Ladder even made an appearance in that video. Very small appearance, yes. 
for which I turned to you and I was are... like, did you know this was happening? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, no. And I was like, that's awesome. That's cool. So we also got to <laughs> hang out with John Starks, who was there yes. signing autographs and meeting collectors and fans. And also artist Andy Friedman yes. was there exhibiting some of his sports card artwork. And Nat Turner virtually appeared as he opened a box of 1996 EX2000 basketball over Instagram Live. And it was played on a flat screen TV. He did that with Starstock. All right. Yeah, Christina Ted was opening that. Before we move on to our next segment, any yes. other thoughts about trade night at Bleecker? Look, if you're anywhere near New York or you're planning a trip, definitely like figure out if Bleecker's having a trade night. It's worth going. Um, you won't be disappointed. It was a great time. All right. Last weekend, Golden's Elite Auction and PWC's, PWCC's Premier Auction both ended the night of October 23rd. Between the two auctions, tens of millions of dollars were spent on sports cards. Cardladder tracked over $20 million worth of sales across the two platforms, which led to the largest single sports card sales volume day in Cardladder over the last five months. So let's discuss some of the record-setting prices from the weekend. And first up is the 1971 Tops, number 156, Terry Bradshaw, PSA 10. According to Card Ladder, only three PSA 10 copies exist. The card only has two sales in Card Ladder's database ever. It sold for $18,000 with Memory Lane in 2006, and then over the last weekend, it sold for $430,500 with Golden, which means the card increased 24-fold in value over the last 15 years. Many might recognize Terry Bradshaw as a co-host of Fox NFL Sunday. Do you recognize Terry Bradshaw? Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. As a player, he was <laughs> the first pick in the 1970 NFL draft, and then he went on to win four Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, and a regular season MVP award, all with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Josh, what are your first impressions about this $430,500 Terry Bradshaw rookie card sale? Uh, my first impression is that uh, cards do not need hype they don't need instagram accounts continuously blasting the same you know players over and over i i honestly didn't even know terry bradshaw had a rookie card and it sold for four hundred and thirty thousand. so there's people out there that collect everything there's you know there's there's obviously some sort of terry bradshaw collector base that i was unaware of because all i see on instagram is you know herbert and and mahomes and brady all over and over and this card you know has sold quite a bit more than a lot of that stuff. Um, and I know that this is really his only rookie card and it's a pop three, but still it's a pretty staggering number for someone that's not really, you know, talked about in the hobby. And my, my impression is just that, that, um, you know, we don't need that much hype. Now, when Nat Turner joined us on the crossover a few weeks ago, he called attention to vintage football as an area potentially poised for growth in the hobby. And by the way, you can watch every replay of the crossover, which originally is live on Instagram Friday nights late, but you can watch the replays on the Card Letter YouTube account. Okay, so Josh, does this sale prove that Nat was right about vintage football? I mean, yeah, I guess it uh, it happened pretty quickly after he mentioned it. I don't know if uh, did if he we, win this we card? We did end up getting hype for <laughs> football, and that's what caused the sale. No, I, I don't. You know, I just don't think like one comment on a Instagram live is gonna cause someone to spend four hundred thirty thousand. I think there has to be a real market there and a real set of people that are after that card. So. He's definitely right about football at this point. I've seen a lot of, of great vintage football sales, and it's a fun market, so I, you know, the data's there. 
All right, the second card I want to talk about is the 1993 finest All-Stars Refractor, number 110, Ken Griffey Jr., PSA 10. According to Card Ladder, this card has a population of 42 in a PSA 10, and it set an all-time high last weekend when it sold for $22,200 with Heritage Auctions. The card sold for a little over 11000 10 months ago, so it is nearly doubled in price since the last sale. Using the references tab on Card Ladder, what's the references tab on Card Ladder, Christina? I have no idea what's the references Good, then tab this is going to be educational. Ladder. It's going to be educational for all. The references tab on Card Ladder is at the bottom of the cards profile. You've filled it out a million times and you've been adding cards. Oh, okay. I don't mean- think Chris knows what a tab is. <laughs> That's not a tab. What on the page? The the references of footy footer section. Yeah, I was like thinking, like, is there a new feature next to the ocean? (laughs) 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 Okay, I'm sorry, Christina. I said the wrong word. Tab. Okay, okay. The references section. Yes, the reference section. That's where that's where we link out to. That's where we link out to the checklist, perhaps a video show off of the card, mm-hmm. um, potentially. Uh, we even sometimes for like Panini cards put up their blog if they're previewing the entire set. Right. Yeah. It's just background. We sometimes link out to podcasts that have talked about that set a, or card. Where? How do you, if you want to get to it, it's at the Scroll bottom. Scroll all the way down to the bottom. Okay, so go to the bottom of the card profile. Now, using the references section on this card's profile, mm-hmm. you can access the Cardboard Connection page mm-hmm. as one of the links that teaches about 1993 Finest Baseball product. And Cardboard Connection notes that the 1993 Finest Baseball product was the first chromium base set ever made. And the product also introduced refractor parallel technology to the hobby. So, Josh, this Griffey sale actually makes it the highest valued 1993 Finest card in existence across sports. Its nearest competitor is the 93 Finest refractor for Jordan, which last sold for 17000 in May in a PSA 10 holder. And the pop on that one is 41 so basically identical to the Griffey. So Card Ladder's player index shows that Ken Griffey Jr.'s market is up 16% over the last quarter. What do you think about collecting 90s baseball cards like this one of Ken Griffey Jr.? Yeah, it's like that, that card in specifically, but Ken Griffey and 90s is kind of like the intersection of like nostalgia overload for, for people in our age group. Like I just remember Ken Griffey being on the cover of video games and um, you know, being extremely popular back in the 90s. So it makes a lot of sense that people now have started to, you know, pay up big dollars for some of his rare items. And, you know, the first ever finest refractor, the first chromium, like these these kind of things are really interesting to me and they have a lot of historical significance. So it makes a lot of sense to me uh, why someone would want to pay that much for Griffey. It's, I don't know if a, he could outsell the Jordan, you know, if they went out for auction at the same time. I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, skeptical of that, but... Uh, it's still a pretty staggering sale. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, baseball 90s, it, speaking of those Instagram accounts, it doesn't get talked about very much, although there are some uh, um, more uh, extroverted Griffey collectors appearing on Instagram and sharing some of their collections, which is nice. But you don't really hear much about 90s baseball uh, just like you don't hear much about Terry Bradshaw, and yet here the first two sales we're highlighting, crazy record highs, are of those cards. 
Um, all right, the third and final card I want to discuss. Right, this one's right up Josh's alley. I think <laughs> the 2019 Optic Kyler Murray Gold Vinyl One of One BGS Nine. This card set a record high when it sold for $34,000 with Golden last weekend. The card previously sold for just under 18000 11 months ago, so it has almost doubled in price since that sale. All right, Josh, Kyler Murray's team is 7-0 and with signature victories over the Rams, the Titans, and the Browns. Kyler has the fourth highest QBR in the league and is currently the third highest favorite in MVP odds, according to FanDuel's sportsbook. Wait, are we already in week eight of football? Yes. Oh, yes. By any measure, Kyler is having a breakout season. What is your take on this $33,000 sale of the Optic Gold Vinyl 1 of 1 Kyler Murray rookie card? Um... Well, our fans of Crossover will love my answer. Undervalued. <laughs> um, I, I do not own a single Kyler Murray card. Uh, I am just a, a very strong uh, Arizona Cardinals fan, so I, you know, let me have my victory lap on Kyler Murray and enjoy the season as much as I can. I think it's a great. I think it's a you know it's it's a it's a strong sale for sure. But when I see like Herbert cards, sticker autos selling for two hundred thousand, I feel like Kyler Murray's. It makes a lot of sense to me, like why something would sell for this much of Murray, and I'm not gonna say it should sell for more, uh, but you know, compared to some other players of of the same, of his same age group, it makes I think it's you know I think he's pretty fairly valued, if not undervalued. So, probably I I think the buyer is really happy taking home one one one. It's also like a true one one It's not a sticker. It's not a like parallel. It's the true like optic one of one. It's the optic gold vinyl one of one. The sort of the heir apparent to the Topps Chrome Superfractor, if I may. Absolutely gorgeous card. Okay, the show's notes end here, but Nick, the show's producer, gave me an idea before the show. So let's just try this idea out. In the spirit of Halloween. The question that he suggested we ask is what? Go ahead. <laughs> I don't even remember. No, it was like, uh, I don't even know how to phrase it. You What's your scariest spooky, spooky Okay, moments. and Christina had a good one already, <laughs> so we'll let her go first. Christina, what is your scariest moment in the hobby? Well, once I was ripping a box, and I pulled... A redemption. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, what is the scariest hobby moments you can think of? Well, one time when I was getting one of my gridiron kings, I was going after Kyler Murray, actually. (laughs) And it was a PSA 10. I don't have any graded ones of his auto. I think that year's out of 49. Went to place a bit. I was sniping at the end, but then I lost it. Oof. It was extremely terrifying, and I have yet to get an auto Kyler Murray Gridiron King. He's one of the, he's a ghost. Not only was that one terrifying, but it continues to haunt him to this day. Josh, have we given you enough time to think of a scary moment in your hobby experience? I'm not going to do the voice. (laughs) I sent some cards in to get graded. Um, I'm not going to say the grading company, but I got it sent in. I think I sent it in like October of 2020 and it was in their offices and remained there uh, through a shutdown. I think a second shutdown, a pricing change, 
you know, the hobby basically had exploded in February. By the time I got the cards back, I opened the box in the return. I think it was, I got them back in like, you know, August of this year. So almost like 10 months. I forgot what cards I had sent. I looked at them like, I don't even remember buying these. I was scrolling through my, eBay had like, like given up the history of that thing. It was so old, like they didn't even track it anymore. It was just, I don't even know what cards they were. That's pretty scary. My scary moment was when I middlemaned a deal involving two very expensive cards. One of them I was picking up for a guy in Los Angeles to send to a guy in Asia. And so my job was to make sure the card got to a freight forwarding company in San Francisco. And I didn't really think anything of it at the time. But after I dropped the card off at FedEx, I was like, man, if this card doesn't make it to the freight forwarding system somehow, I'm responsible for that. I was the person who handled the card and put it in the mail. And so that was a 24-hour period of a little bit of nervousness and a little bit of fright as I awaited that card reaching its destination and finally getting confirmation that the card had been received. So something to think about if you're middlemanning a deal. See, that's terrifying. I don't don't know if I'll be able to sleep tonight. (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for this first ever Halloween issue of sports cards culture <laughs> issue it's oh an God. issue it's, it's, it's an addition comic book it's You're a all tab up. it's an issue it's the ocean we're Maybe on a, it a today. wire in my brain got moved over <laughs> yeah. and now i'm going to all the adjacent terms instead of the right one that's what happens Spooky. when three auction houses closes in one weekend see you guys next week Yeah, but that made me think of the fact that, you know, we have cards still at uh, certain places for, like, over a year Not going to say any names. We're not going to name any names. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll even cut that part. All right, all right. No, don't cut any of this. Just keep all of it. <laughs> I'm cutting it, that I was, ocean No, debate. no, no. Keep no, that that's, going. No, that's the best all right. part. I can eliminate a lot of grading companies because they've formed since I sent them in. <laughs> that, that's true. Process of elimination. Process of elimination.